Hey everyone, welcome back to the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Frank, here with my buddy, AJ. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well, Frank. Thank you for asking. Uh, we, we've had a, we had a busy summer followed by a slow summer, so I hope everyone's been, uh, you know, trucking along with us. And I mean, it's the end of the summer. To me, Labor Day weekend is, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, we don't have like there's not really one good single kickoff for like the fall events, you know what I mean? Like yeah. There you do your fall activities on your own time whereas like we do summer activities usually together with other people. So like this time like, you know, I don't know, this to me felt very fun for the fall. Like I can imagine being a kid and going back into school after seeing this movie Mm. And this movie being all anybody at all anything anybody talked about for, you know, two whole months or so. Right. I mean, so if you're here, you clicked on it. We're talking about uh, the brand new entry to the MCU, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, which is now in theaters. You cannot watch it on on uh, your TV. So you have to go out into the, the movies, into the real world to uh, to see it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think people were the the hype was building through the end of the summer lots lots of content i feel like there were the marketing was like really all out there um they were making a big deal that you had to see it in theaters um well i think they learned a fucking big lesson uh-huh. yep <laughs> you know uh and you know we would be remiss for not just talking about it a little bit i guess but like you know they really messed with scarlett johansson and that was not cool and she's kind of like the mother of the MCU. And I think that they needed to pay her some more respect. And I don't think that they're going to win this lawsuit. It looks like, or it may be, that the Russo brothers were in talks to do another film with Marvel. And they have stopped communicating with them because of what's going on with Scarlet. Yeah, I, I mean, I think... I think when Endgame came out, uh, you know, the conversation was like, oh, if you guys ever came back, they always were like, oh, if we would love to do Secret Wars. Uh, so, like, I don't think that was necessarily going to be on the docket in the next, like, handful of years. But down the road, of course, like, so I, I'm not saying that that's never going to happen because I think they'll be able to figure it out. Uh, but, right. But I do think that uh, the whole Scarlet lawsuit is like shaking the industry a bit and you know it's pretty sad that um it went down this way like the movie came out and like what like a week later or something it was like pretty quickly afterwards and um and she just had a baby and like she's going through all (laughs) this stuff like yeah (laughs) i i think i think it's gonna change the industry i really do i think that you know the only filmmaker i can think of who's really putting any cup putting up any kind of a fight uh, is Dennis, uh, you know, Villeneuve, Villeneuve the, from the Anway, uh, yeah. Warner Brothers, yeah. uh, who's really insisting that everybody go see Dune in theaters. And I totally feel that. But like, you know, Nolan was also, you know, fighting with them saying like, you know, he also trashed HBO Max right when it came out being like, this is a shitty service. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you're not doing a great job. Like you're only doing such and such of a job like no so i I think that we'll see streaming change i also think that there are too many streaming platforms 
Yeah, they're not all going to make it. Netflix has to figure out what it's going to do. Maybe it gets bought out by Sony. You know, mm. it's been working very closely with Sony. A lot of stuff has been going straight from Sony to Netflix, uh, and that's working out good. But I think that, you know, the golden days of what Netflix was are kind of over. Yeah. And, you know, it, the streaming, the whole streaming thing is now too crazy. It's gotten so fucking out of hand. But that takes us away from totally off topic. <laughs> and I think people wanted to hear us talk about this because it's it, it is true. It is very important to the industry. And I think that this movie benefited from not being able to be streamed tremendously because it had a great opening weekend. Yeah, it broke records. Like that's that's something to be said. And during the pandemic that is still going on, people are not uh going out to I mean, if we if the pandemic was over, I'm sure it would have done even better box office numbers. But like that's that's to be that's saying something and so like not having 94 million like that's pretty fucking good like that that's that's pretty awesome like for a character literally nobody knows about this did better than guardians of the galaxy like that's pretty good so yeah you know i think people were excited to go to have to go back to the theaters again i think they definitely delivered with some great um content in this movie I think this is a good movie. It's rated ridiculously high on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) What is it rated? I think it's like 98%. Wow. It's like super high. That's crazy. Um, I mean, it's a a great movie, but that's just like maybe it's – I don't know. That's just very surprising to hear. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, and like – hold on. Hold on. Let's see. Let me just check. We can fact check this right now, folks. Hold on. 92. Okay, fair enough. 98 audience score. Wow, that's impressive. That's, that's nuts, right? Yeah. I think it is because this movie kind of takes a lot of beats from classic superhero genre films, but it mm-hmm. also it doesn't necessarily kind of play them out in like the correct order. Like this movie, it felt kind of like a Superman movie to me or kind of Man of Steel. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. I really like this movie. I think it's great. I don't think it's this high of a rating, but yeah, I think it's awesome. I, I, and I think the kids are going to love it. Yeah, I, I think it's a really um, it's a really great way to like kick kick off phase four. Like we we're texting yesterday and like to me, it's a definitive step forward. Like I just feel like. As much as we, um, right, you're right. As much as we love the TV shows, the TV shows, the Disney Plus stuff, the MCU Phase Four that we've been watching all year, they've all been so like introspective and like character analysis on on people that we've known for so long, and like yeah, we're getting some forward momentum. Like yeah, he's Captain America now, and like like Loki stuff is crazy. But it all just feels very separate because this, like, it's like, okay, even even Far From Home, which came out two years ago, is still, like, looking to the past. And, Definitely. And this does, too, in its own way, but, like, at things that we've never seen. It's like the this, you know, it's weird because it's you never think of a movie as kind of dealing with the aftermath of something else. You know what I mean? Like, or at least a, an origin story like this. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody's ever had the level of fucking backstory built into the world building to, like, 
you know, exaggerate kind of your familiarity with uh, the material. Like it's just, it's so crazy. It's so different than like, than really anything else that's come before it. And I really, the only thing I could, could kind of compare it to is Black Panther, but Black Panther feels very different than this in a lot of ways and mm -hmm. the structure of the movie and the, uh, the characterization, you know, having met, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman in Civil War and, and kind of learning about him and his father uh, through that film. You know, this is, is definitely like a very big introduction. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. And, and something that's further in the the sheet here, but we'll talk about now is I think Simu Liu is an incredibly likable actor. He is. Um, so I sort of coincidentally, but um, definitely great homework. Um, I've been watching Kim's Convenience. Okay, uh, what's that? That so, that's the uh, the sitcom or not? I don't know. It's not really a sitcom. It's a the television program <laughs> that uh, I mean, it's funny, but it's not a like you know single camera or whatever. Anyway, um, that's what he's from. Like he did five seasons of that show. Um, it's like a Canadian TV show um, that. I think just ended this year. It was unfortunately canceled and he's great in that and like very likable there. Um, but like also funny and um, you can see where like, like his physique comes into play and he's like, yeah. So I, I think, and I think all the stories that are coming out now about him, um, like how he like did the stock photo shoot like years ago, how he like tweeted at Marvel years ago, wanting to play Shang-Chi, like, it's all really feel good stuff. And like, I don't know, he's been following him on, on Twitter and everything. And it's like everything. It's like seeing him rise to become like a, a Marvel superhero has been really cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I, I think it's, it's just like a, a down to earth story kind of, of like this actor that, you know, wasn't that big. And now, and like, obviously a lot of the Marvel actors started out as no one. We were just talking about that a few weeks ago with like, Tom Hiddleston and, and Chris Hemsworth were kind of nobodies before they blew up in the MCU. And so this is what, uh, you know, Marvel does to these actors. And so he's going to be a huge movie star. <laughs> yeah. I think he's going to be a humongous movie star. And I think he's definitely, uh, a guy to help carry the new team. And that mm -hmm. he's definitely a dude where you're like, Oh shit, this guy is good. Yeah. And I think that, you know, kind of the, the Kung Fu aspect of this movie, the incredible action, the incredible attention to detail, um, the fluidity of it all. It just really was, it's a, such a spectacle. Yeah. The, the music drives with it really well. Like not even just like the, the soundtrack, but the score. Like I, I was digging that as I was watching it too. Awesome. Um, yeah, man. So uh, let's talk about some stuff that is spoilerific. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, we've talked enough about it that you can assess that we liked it. Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, definitely a long runner in the box office for a while. I think it'll be a hot movie for a couple of weeks as more people continue to hear about it. Mm. I think it could have another big weekend this weekend. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to do great. Welcome to the MCU, Simu Liu. And here we go. Here we go. Three, two, one. So I think we need to start with, you know, the where everyone is going to start with this, which is the bus scene. And I think that is a, a clear like, <sighs> wow, 
it's just so compelling and thrilling and shot with such stakes um, that are, it, it seems like we haven't been here on this level of the MCU for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, stakes of this whole movie feel high, which is great. Yes. Uh, that, that I love. Uh, you're not like, well, you know, should we have the Avengers or blah, blah, blah. Like, no, nah, no. Nah. Like, he can handle this, but, like, it's it's not, like, no empty threats either. Um, but the, the the bus scene, obviously, it was in the trailers. Like, that was kind of, like, the big selling point um, months ago. Um, they had some clips of it. But um, seeing the whole entirety of it and just, like, buying it. Yeah, it's very street level, right? Like, it, it echoes back to Spider-Man to me. Um, yeah, it, it felt like Spider-Man, but it felt like... I don't know. It felt prescient. Like it felt like native to his fighting style. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the way that the camera moved, the way that you're flowing through the bus in like seemingly one take is really, it's, it's, it's a spectacle. And I think you're watching it and you're like, okay, he's beating these dudes. And then all comes this, you know, crazy, you know, guy with this laser arm. <laughs> uh, and that was, I think very entertaining. I also love the callback of that kid who, I guess was selling hot dogs on the street in Spider-Man and now he's traveling uh, with, um, you know, in San Francisco for some oh, reason. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't well, Remember it. the guy in Spider-Man well, uh, Homecoming who's like, do a flip? Uh, that's him? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's great. Because that's such a, a good beat, too, like, as he's filming. He's like, I used to do martial arts, so I'm going to rate this fight. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. It's like. It like gets so out of hand, um, yeah. You know, but I think you also. What's smart about this movie is the way that they play the relationship with him and Aquafina. We'll talk about her later, but kind of establishing that she's going to be, not necessarily his Ned just yet, mm. but that she's really like kind of along for the ride in a way that he's already thinking about. You know, very similar to Superman and Lois Lane, where he's like okay, like, I'm here, like, even if he's Clark Kent, like, if something's going on, like, he'll still deal with it, like, and have to, you know, be on it. Like, he's already thinking about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he went onto that bus knowing how to fight. Like, he didn't, you know... And that's what's so interesting, because it's, like, through, I think, the majority of this movie, you could say that Shang-Chi doesn't have superpowers. He's just a fucking badass. (laughs) Yeah, he's just an incredible fighter. Like, he is literally... The son of a god king <laughs> who is, you know, arguably one of the greatest martial artists and fighters in, in the world. Like the way that he moves through that bus. And I think that they do really play, you know, a lot of the elements are very important in this, you know, fire and water and um, mm-hmm. air kind of, you know, earth, like the whole fluidity of of the way the camera moves, like it doesn't feel jerky in the way that like an Iron Man movie or a Guardians movie can feel jerky. Like it just felt so like, I I guess just fluid. fluid. That's throughout the movie too. It's not just in that sequence, which is, I guess probably a testament to the director. Yeah. I think this guy had such a clear vision, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and maybe that's to Marvel that they're going to let directors, I guess, execute on that a little bit more in phase four, right? They have a little bit less, at stake in the grand arc of the story. So like, it makes sense why we're hearing like Chloe Zhao got a lot of freedom and her movie looks very different. And this movie kind of has like its own 
you know, homage to Chinese folklore and, 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 and China. So like as you're, I don't know. I, I just think that it's this whole buzz scene is such a great like start. Like also like the cold open is very, is very fun. You know, the setting up of the love story, kind of the preamble of the movie, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they flash back to that a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and you know, it's it's really important too. Like, this is a whole another topic that I, we didn't even put on our notes. But I I love that the beginning. I don't know, fifteen minutes. What it feels like through through that whole like prologue is yes. in Chinese. Like, yeah, it's awesome, and it's and they they commit to it. Like, I have my quibbles here and there where it's like, well, it doesn't really make sense that they're they're speaking English here, but like they they try to do their best of like making the characters speak in their native language the majority of the time. And then, you know, they write off like little moments where it's like, have you been practicing your English? Cause if he's going to be an international assassin, he probably needs to, you know, but know many different languages. <laughs> yeah. I think it's cool that they, I don't understand, you know, you'd think that Wakandans would have their own language, especially since like they've been cut off from the world. Hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And why they would speak English is a strange choice, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) I think that, you know, to me, I think that adds the level of like authenticity and love that I think hammers home, like how awesome it's got to feel to the, for this to be the first Asian superhero movie. Yeah. You know, like he's, it's, it's out and proud about it too. You know, it's not, it's not hiding away from its roots and kind of the origin of the character, but I think it's taking what could have been, you know, what they didn't do. Right. It was problematic to begin with. Like they chose specifically never to do that iteration on purpose, right? Yeah. Of the Mandarin. But I think doing the way that they've kind of set this world up to be like, it just must feel like an amazing thing to get to see on the big screen. Um, you know, that kind of representation is very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Distancing themselves from some of the not so, uh, you know, I think yeah. it's very interesting. You know, the next note that we have here is, you know, the antagonist is very worthwhile and we can talk about him because he starts the movie. Um, yeah. You know, and so his name is Wo Hun. Wen Wu. Wen Wu, excuse me. His name is Wen Wu. Um, uh, so portrayed this guy, by uh, Tony Leung. So, um, yeah, he again, we say antagonist because to call him the straight up villain is yeah it's not service yeah he's awesome you know he definitely portrays like the the gravitas of like somebody who's lived for a thousand years (laughs) yeah you know like he's been fighting for a thousand years i love it like later in the movie when he like looks looks at the old guy he's like young man (laughs) yeah that was awesome um you know i think he's the way that they set him up, the way that they set the Ten Rings up, um, it works. And I think that, you know, the little bit of retconning that they needed to kind of reset this, it works in the way that, you know, it's very possible that, you know, his Ten Rings did catch Tony Stark, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but that, you know, they could have been appropriated for the 2013 movie. <laughs> You know, yeah. or earlier on, I don't know, but I think that they the the expositional scene that they give to talk about you know the Mandarin in Iron Man three and why you know why the Americans you know kind of took a ter- an American terrorist would take 
you know, this example to kind of do their own thing with, uh, you know, that kind of just like plays into, you know, what the originals, it's like very allegorical, you know? Yeah. I think they did a great job. Um, they, they, made the best out of like the, the situation that they were given. And, you know, whether some of those decisions made in the beginning of the MCU were mistakes or not, it doesn't really matter because they made it work. Um, and I think it's, it's totally believable for this, this man to have the, these like 10 powerful rings and this like shadow organization to truly be like this legend. And so like, of course, um, you know, uh, what the hell is uh, this? Uh, K- Killian or whatever from uh, from Iron Man three. Of course, he would like take someone that this is this like scary, uh, legendary villain um, character of the Mandarin and try to make him this real character uh, with with an actor. <laughs> um, having him be this like empathetic character that you see, you know, you see his faults for for the majority of the beginning where he's like oh, this this guy that craves power and it just goes on conquering and conquering and conquering, but like is like seeking his purpose, I guess. And then when he finally meets um, his wife to be like, everything changes for him. And um, you know, see to see that he, he changes his, his life and he puts the rings away and um, wants to have a family. Um, is is such like an interesting take and in that he's not this like you know evil villain that you know he's got this mustache that he twirls and but unfortunately his his past will always come back to haunt him because of all the things that he did in his past lives you know it's so crazy to see um you know the things that they chose to do i think that was vietnam the last sequence with the buzzer like very james bond Mm. Um, you know, I don't know. It was, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, and then throughout the movie, I think, you know, you do fear him like the, you know, when they catch, get caught up, uh, later in the movie, uh, you know, see it, Shang, uh, Sean, Shang-Chi is definitely not like willing to like, you know, say something stupid and like anger his father and get killed right there. Like he knows, like, shut up and like, we'll go forward from here. You know, like mm-hmm. he's trying to see what his plan is. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, um, you know, so we talked about the Mandarin, we talked about the antagonist. Uh, let's talk about abomination versus Wong real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, really fun Easter egg. Uh, you know, it was great to see abomination, you know, with the fins. That was pretty funny. Yeah. That's his uh, comic book uh, look and his look from the Lego games. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, funny fight. Great to see him get knocked out by himself. Uh, <laughs> Wong is, a, you know, Benedict Wong is a, is a great actor. And I think he's like, he takes a lot of pride in being a good uh, character here. And, uh, you know, it. I heard also somebody say that maybe he's like the new Coulson. Hmm that he's going to kind of be turning up in these movies and, and showing around because he can with the sling ring. Um, yeah, but, I, I could see that because he's in, I, does he show up in the Spider-Man trailer too? Yeah. Oh yeah. So he's like everywhere. Um, he's, he's been in, um, what if a little bit. So like, yeah, he's, he's, he's all over the place. Do you think that 
and it's it's so debatable. Like, is it worth revealing this in the trailer, or would it have been better to have been a surprise? Oh no, you're totally right. It would have been a great surprise. <laughs> okay. But they got to sell this movie. Yeah. But like, for people to go to the movie, like, I don't, pe- I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's a, an element of some M- MCU fan that's like, well. If they got that Easter egg, maybe I'll go to see what's going on. Like, I don't know. Definitely. But it's also, to me, it seems like it's setting up more with him. Like, Abomination isn't done. I agree. I think that they are going to want to bring him back or have him play around a while in the next frame. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. Uh, But, you know, I, I think that they, you needed two good, fun characters that you could get. One CGI, one not. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring Benedict Wong in for his one or two days of shooting that they did. No big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely cool. A funny setup. Didn't really understand where they were going to be until the movie, which was fun. And then to kind of get the reveal of uh, Shang-Chi's sister um, <laughs> being this other badass fighter who owns this crazy fight club. Um, yeah, definitely. Again, great fighting. Um it's so funny because like I you, I would associate these Fight Club things in like these dirty warehouses or like these basement like underground facilities. It's in the skyscraper. <laughs> it's like yeah, like I don't know. It just felt funny that it's like you're you're going up thinking it's some one thing and you show up. It's like oh, we're in this crazy Fight Club. Um, which like I'm sure there are more Easter eggs in there. Like as they're walking through, like there's this one guy that's glowing. Like what that? Yeah, he's got the extremist. There's yeah. I think another one of the, uh, you know, Black Widows is in there, I think they said. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think they'll we'll be going back to that for a while. I think this is definitely someplace we could also go again. Um, yeah. You so know, this so, is in Macau, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, uh, I do been... not think the compound is in Macau. Okay. No. No, I don't think so either. Uh, but I was just going to say, like, it, going back to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, I was wondering if they uh, just like how her his sister being like the head of this organization almost feels like power brokery. But um, what's the hell's the name of the city that they go to there? Um, Uh, Madripoor. Yeah, it would have been interesting if it was Madripoor, but Macau was awesome, as it always is in cinema. Um, So that was a a fun place. Agreed. It's it's a very cinematic city to shoot in. It makes sense. I think I think it was the right choice. The I love the action sequence on the bamboo scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> high stakes. Um, high stakes. I love that we are, you know, we are Aquafina, right? We are. That's us. We're the audience. We're experiencing we're like, it through her. No, we're not going that way. <laughs> you know, like I and I think she's she's really great in this movie. I, I think she could have been a little bit, you know, let fly a little bit dirtier. And that may have been, you know, more like, you know, the characters we've seen her play in other movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kind of get her here and I definitely feel like, you know, her use was awesome and very funny. And they don't make her, you know, just sit around. She has a nice piece at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you see her go out on that bamboo, you're like, holy shit. How's he going to save her this time? <laughs> turns out he doesn't. <laughs> turns out he does not. No, uh, uh, his sister helps. Yeah. Uh, no, which is I, great. I agree. I, I was a little worried about Aquafina because I mean, I like her. I think she's funny. Um, the movie, the farewell she's fantastic in. Um, 
but I was just worried that it would be a little too jokey. But again, that's probably just from the trailers. Cause like every time you see her, she's like the comic relief. Um, but I, I also appreciate that they didn't make her a damsel in distress. Like she's, she's part of the movie, uh, the whole way. And she's important to the plot, um, and, and helps him. And, and she's also not a romantic interest necessarily yet. Um, right. Which is also important to have her kind of stand on her own and have her own agency. Um, so we'll, we'll see what, what they do with Katie in the future. We shall see where she goes from here. Um, but this kind of brings us to like what becomes like, you know, the rest of the movie, which, uh, or the second act of the movie, which is going back to the 10 rings compound, kind of learning a little bit more about, uh, what, um, the, you know, the real Mandarin's plan is, um, explain the evil plan to you. (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing. Um, I think he, you know, his expositional scene is really interesting. Um, we talked about that already and we go from there to learning about this crazy maze that, you know, moves around and you have to navigate through correctly in order to get to Talo, which is, you know, this other mystical place. Um, and he thinks at this point that, uh, their mom, his wife, uh, who at this point we don't know why she died. Right. Um, we learn why she died at this part of the movie. Um, you know, it's because of his debts and his, you know, some bad guys come, he's not there. Uh, he doesn't have the rings and she is killed, um, in front of, uh, Shang-Chi, which is very sad. Very sad. And, and it's a very rough scene and, you know, kind of explains, you know, his training and, you know, his sister not being allowed to train with the boys, yada, yada, yada. It's, I think it's a very good, um, you know, it's a good time. It definitely allows you to kind of grow and wonder about what the end of the movie is going to look like. Totally. And I think that they, they did a very good, I good job of like kind of hiding what all those secrets are till the end of the movie. It was a very good onion. They did a yeah. really good job of like starting and being like, this is what we're doing. And they continue to pull back the layers and giving you like tidbits of information um, that it's not like, non-linear storytelling but like you're able to kind of like because at one point you're like oh maybe she's not dead and it's like oh actually no she is dead and then it's like oh well like you know you learn about shang chi's like training and and that oh actually he he didn't go through with killing uh his his target and you learn more later and so i think it 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 makes it interesting because you think one thing and you're you accept that to be the truth and then once you learn something else it just like adds more context and layers and absolutely makes you think of like, well, if you didn't know where it was going before, like what's the end of the movie really going to be? Definitely. And, and I, I think when you're in that part of the movie, you're still questioning what's going to happen. Where are we going? What's going on? Um, and I think, you know, once we get to the, you know, the great Mandarin retcon of Trevor Slattery here, um, <laughs> you know, he had to be in the movie in some way. Yeah. This was a weird way to use him. I'm shocked that he was in like the entire movie practically. It was it was bizarre. He was kind of like an Obi Wan. He had to, he was their uh, their guide uh, because he understood the little creature Morris. <laughs> so um, he had to guide them through the the forest, and you'd think at some point he would just go off and do whatever. But no, he's there. Like, is is he now a like a Shang Chi like? side character that's going to be in the sequels 
<laughs> I'm sure he will be. I'm sure he will be. And ben Kingsley, for, I'm sure, gets a fat paycheck. Good for, this for Ben's, shit. Ben Kingsley for coming back all these years later uh, and being a good fucking sport. Yeah. Um. So they escape with him. They take Razor Fist's car. Um. Very hilarious. And then they just kind of like go to this. They go to this maze, which is really awesome. It probably was really fun to see in 3D. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's just a very exciting sequence where you're driving through this maze. It's constantly changing. He's directing them with this creature and it's very funny and Aquafina's driving and then you finally get out and you know, it was, I don't know. I think it was, they, they definitely had, you're right. It was a good onion and it, it felt like places we'd never been before in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely just like surprised kind of a lot of the time feeling like, okay, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. And it's one of, it's interesting. Like, um, I don't know if you ever ended up watching iron fist, the show. No. (laughs) Um, but like that show along with all of its other missteps, um, I feel like had so many missed opportunities in, in this kind of area. Cause they would talk about, it's not Talo. It's like, I think it's Kunlun. I think it's another mystical area. And they also have a mystical dragon that like they never show. And it's like, like, so I'm going into this movie thinking, eh, well, you know, we're not going to see all the crazy cool things. We're just going to get to the door and then it's going to, that's going to be it. <laughs> so to, to actually like go there and see all this. All right. So Talo, is it another dimension? Is it another universe? Did it, exist before the breaking of the sacred timeline what are we what are we because i mean there are other dimensions i guess based on dr strange right yeah there yes so this definitely exists in in another dimension it's it's all gonna be you know another part of reality Mm -hmm. you know it's not necessarily another universe it's more like another um, well, it is kind of another universe. It's very, it's, it's going to be very confusing because I feel like they use the word universe, but also, especially with the other, the third place, I don't remember what it's called, but like, it's a, basically the magic hell. that you, that was used <laughs> to bring them through the cave looked very Dr. Strange like. Yeah. That's true. So I'm curious if it's part of that lore. We'll, we'll find out, I guess. I guess so. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's more connected to the dimensions um element that in the doctor strange universe of correct of vernacular than the uh multiverse at this point yeah i don't think this is going to be very connected to that at all i think this has more to do with a dimensional kind of thing and however yeah i will say we will save it for the post-credits discussion (laughs) sure yes um so when we cross into here, we start to see a lot of different creatures. And I saw online, and I thought this was very funny, that a lot of people thought that the creatures that they see in this world are Pokemon, not knowing that a lot of Pokemon come from, like, legendary Chinese mythical creatures. <laughs> come on, guys. <laughs> like, how nerdy are you, you guys? Yes. Come on. Did I scream, like, it's Ninetales? <laughs> Do I know that, of course, it's not based off of Pokemon? It's based off, like, yeah. Right. It's cool. It's, it's a shiny nine cool. tails. <laughs> yes. And it's supposed to be fun and it, and it's supposed to be exciting. And I think that they did a very beautiful job of rendering these characters in real life. 
My favorite were the lions. I thought the lions were super awesome. Yeah, they were awesome. Um, um, I liked the little creature that Morris was. I thought it was kind of bizarre, but I'd never heard or seen those <laughs> things before. But okay. Yeah. Well, and I I did uh I did search. Um, they're all based on something. They're all some sort of. I'm sure that they Chinese are. legend. Uh, and I think that's great that they didn't just make things up and you know like like fantastic piece of where to find them. They're like, now these are there are real things that. Some people are going to be like, oh, my God, it's one of those. Like, that's cool. I think that they're going to keep like, you know, we're going to come back to this world. Um, I definitely liked it. And I was excited to be there while we were there to begin with. And, um, and I think it's really interesting that, yeah, while we go to this one small village that's guarding this scary door, it's, it's a like huge a place. huge, huge world. And they're like, yeah, we've got cities bigger than your city. It's like, cool. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'm so glad to hang out here. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, the plan is that uh, the bad guy, the fa- Shang-Chi's father, is going to open the door where he believes his wife is being kept, but he's actually being tricked by not Cthulhu, but it's very similar to Cthulhu, who has been trapped inside this mountain by the great protector, who is also a dragon. And uh, it's, I think the the, bat, the evil thing is the dweller in darkness is what they Sure. Okay. And he lives in this mountain and he's, you know, he can use many voices to get powerful people to come to his, you know, his domain to try to open it up and let him free. And uh, this is exactly what his plan is. So he's going to go in there. He's hearing her calling. You're hearing the voiceover throughout the movie. Um, and then he arrives with the Ten Rings guys, um, and they have quite a good showdown. It's you know every every fight is very thoughtful. It doesn't feel as forced as like the as like some of the other movies. You know, like mm-hmm. this feels like every fight like they they thought about it. They knew where everyone was going to be. They knew what they were going to lead with. The kind of you know weapons they were going to use like it just feels seems very thought out and very fully realized mm-hmm. um so then they have this fight and then they have a great conflict between uh shang chi and his father it's yeah. like the total showdown so and like backtracking a little bit at at this point um we've gotten more of the exposition we know that uh shang chi did go through with with murdering the guy that killed his mother but that at that point he decided he didn't want to go down this path anymore and that's why he um you know run away ran away in the states uh and but you know we know that when Wu his father was able to he was keeping tabs on him all this time and basically let both of his kids uh live their lives for 10 years before trying to bring them back um but like it's an interesting point when so when he meets his aunt played by Michelle Yeoh uh he learns this other technique i guess um that his mother um was was able to utilize on when we back in the day when they first met and uh like from the opening sequence uh, uh that was able to combat him in his 10 rings and so uh it, it's a fun sequence of seeing him like kind of learn a whole new like train of thought and having um kind of these two different fighting styles that he's able to utilize that really come into play when he's fighting his father to the point where he's able to get the rings away from him. Um, which like 
it just seems impossible, right? <laughs> like, Absolutely. How is he going to fight this guy with these crazy, powerful rings? Like, um, and some of that action was just so super smart. Like, I think you mentioned it before. Like, you, you can't. They couldn't do the rings as they were in the comic books with like the infinities. They're basically infinity stones. Like, that's stupid. So coming up with this new idea that they're these armbands. Um, never seen any, anything like that, the, the fighting style and the way that they, they flung them around and everything. I thought it was so cool. It, it's like a new, like, you know, kids, like when started playing with lightsabers and stuff like that, that was like, okay, this is it. It's like, I don't know. I could see people being like, I got rings and they're flying around my head, <laughs> you know? Definitely. Oh, definitely. And they're going to have some great toys for this. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So using, you know, right, the cool fighting styles, I think they, you know, they drew a lot from, I think, like Crouching Tiger. And, you know, I think definitely the bus is a callback to the raid a little bit. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if they're going to do, you know, other kinds of stuff and, and go, you know, more deep into the, the fighting in the sequel or whatever. But either way, the final battle is very heartfelt because you do really feel like the stakes like it's. You know, it's not Simulu out to kill his father, a la Luke and Darth Vader. Darth Vader. It's more like um, I'm here to like show up and I want you to help me so we can save, you know, your family. Like, you yeah. know, you can't. I'm trying to stop you, not slay you. And yeah. I think that's very, again, thoughtful. It, 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 these fights have value, and you're never like wondering like when is the CGI going to end so we can see what actually happens. Like, you're right. watching every punch. You're watching every fall and and you know you see when he gets half the rings back and he's starting to use them with his new powers and then finally you know once he realizes what he's done after he's actually let the monster out um only then does he give him you know the other rings and you know doesn't say goodbye or i'm sorry or i love you and just kind of dies <laughs> yeah i mean two things one i thought it was interesting that um Earlier, Shang-Chi is like, I'm going to kill him like he, in order to stop him. But ultimately, in the moment when he does have all the rings and like um, he's going to do like the the Kamehameha from, from Dragon Ball Z, he's got the big orb and yeah. then he, he doesn't do it and he, he throws it on the ground because it's like he doesn't want his want to kill his father. He wants to bring him back, basically, from this, um, you know, twisted path that he's been been forced on by this crazy monster i i kind of took it though that his father like sacrificed himself for his son like and maybe like i don't know kind of like kind of like vader in that like he's like i'm doing this to to protect you but also like he wanted to be with his wife absolutely so whether whether the the creature actually fulfilled that or not it's like she you know it's always very sad when you know someone sacrifices himself like like yeah we don't know what's on the other side but his wife isn't here anymore and he couldn't he's been around for so many years and like losing her was everything to him so he couldn't bear to live on without her it's a good love story yeah about it's, other people you know it's not the main character yeah and it's it's sad though because and maybe we'll get some you know you know, force ghosts of him or something, but like, I think he would have been really awesome to be an ongoing antagonist. Sure. Or at but, least a trilogy. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I also see him going here because now you have his loss, and I think the MCU is dealing with loss in a cool way, and that they're able to reference it and deal with it and process it in the sequel. Sure. So I think that could be kind of cool. Um, I want to talk about the dragon. I thought the dragon was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, the dragons in Game of Thrones were very fun and you know different, different than the, even the dragons in Harry Potter. Uh, this dragon felt very, you know, it felt like all those beautiful paintings you've seen, you know, you know, on those big paintings, it feels like, you know, the look of that, uh, Stone Temple Pilots album. Like hmm. it's got that classic, you know, Chinese look, but it's so much more than that because it's like realized and like given, you know, yeah. I think a really great beat. Just like the the snake like way it moves, and um, I love that it you know it it's almost seamless between the water and the in the air. Um, I think it's it is designed really really well, and um, you know for it to be their ally, but also like it's it's it is inv- like it's vulnerable, like it, it's not. Uh, it's not all powerful. Yeah. And so like there's a, a real moment there where it's like, well, this could be it. But um, in working with the heroes, like it, it, it able so is able to live on. So like Meg is like, so what do you think? Does it like shed its scales? <laughs> right. I, yes, I definitely. <laughs> They're not like t- taking it off of it unwillingly. They're not like, I'm just thinking of in like, Legend of Zelda, where you have to farm for dragon parts, you have to like shoot arrows at it. I'm like, I hope they're not like hurting this thing by getting all these dragon scales. Oh no, no, no! He gives them, he gives them willingly. He likes. Like, it here you go. Here's another piece of skin. Yeah. <laughs> Gold member. Um, you know, it was great. It was definitely an Avengers level threat. Like, it definitely got to that point where you're like, holy shit, this is nuts. Yeah, like if if the heroes lose here. Shit's it, fucked. They're, they're they're going to Earth and shit is fucked. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah, man. The ending of this movie, I think, is is really kind of the triumph of like new Marvel. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we we're celebrating what has come before, but we're also, you know, they take a second to grieve. They you know they do the you know the lanterns out on the water, um, and mm-hmm. you see kind of you know what. <laughs> is a very funny scene that goes into the post credit scene, but you know, the, the scene of them kind of recounting their experience after being hounded by these friends earlier in the movie, uh, is really a great callback. And yeah, you know, it, it amps it up even more when Wong sling rings into the restaurant. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because like earlier, uh, we see the fact that like he's become like this viral hit, right? Like yes. he's, he's not going to have a super, uh, like he's not gonna have a secret identity at all. It's just like this is him. This he's gonna be a superhero now, and everyone's gonna know who he is. Just like that's how the majority of the MCU it works. Um, so for the for the friends to like not recognize that their like good friend was this guy that did this crazy kung fu on the bus, like I, I don't know, <laughs> or maybe they're just like up their own butts enough that they don't really pay attention. Um, but. Yeah, the rest of it is definitely a stretch to hear that they went on this crazy journey interdimensional and fought with dragons and everything. Sure, okay, but you know, he is a he's a pretty badass martial artist. So uh but no, that's a great beat. And it almost feels like a post credit scene before the credits. It's a really great stinger to end the movie on. 
yeah, it just like it 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 just slaps so hard. Like it's just like boom. Like he's a superhero. He's part of the team. You're gonna see more of him. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the ending is cool. Um, you know, it has definitely uh, a a cool f- feel in that like you're, um, you know, like oh shit, what's gonna happen? And then you get right to this mid credit scene. Um, and spoilers for the mid credit scene. It's really just kind of the onboarding process of what I think is the Avengers nowadays. <laughs> Welcome to the Avengers. Please sign here. Give us your social security number. Like, yeah, yeah the, you know, they're looking at his rings. You have Captain Marvel skyping in. You have uh, Bruce. You know, Bruce, you know, who's, you know, still looks like his arm is still fucked up. We did, how quick is this after Endgame? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. Um, that's can't a really be too long. Re- it can't be too long, but whatever it is, he he's already decided to change back from Professor Hulk. So some time has passed. You know, so I, I wonder. I'm curious to see um, how they're going to play that out. Nice to you know, funny joke about like you know, okay, uh, you'll get my number from Bruce, and he's like, I don't have her number. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, um, and then the foreshadowing from Wong. Yeah, being like, you're going to have some times. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guy. But, you know, when you become an Avenger, shit hits the fan, if you didn't know. (laughs) So So that was easy. So you're going to have Doctor Strange and Uh Spider-Man. Okay, so where do you think Shang-Chi is going to end up next? In the next? uh, Well, I mean, probably not uh, Doctor Strange, probably not Thor. Um, I mean... It's possible that he put, shows up in a post-credit scene in some of these movies. Yep, that seems more likely. Um, I, I don't know. I think we're still a little bit in the dark on like what the uh, the grand plan is. Sure. Um, I'm gonna call it right now and say Ant Man. Ant Man. Yes, San Francisco. Mm. He lives in San Francisco. San Francisco. Approved. Your win. Uh, that's a great, great, yeah. We were wondering why Ant-Man wasn't in this movie. So that would make a ton of sense. Um, and then last, the the end credit scene. Um, well, wait, 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 uh, before we go get ahead. there. The, the thing I was alluding to before with his rings. So, like, they are analyzing the rings, like, haven't seen it on Earth. It's not vibranium. Haven't seen it in space. It's no alien tech that they recognize um, yes, yes, yes. But it's like sending a beacon. So, well, I, my question is: Is this some sort of multiversal device that you know somehow was brought across, or is another dimension, or Ooh. something? That, like, what, like, what is it going to bring? Obviously, it's setting it up for the next sequel, probably of of Shang Chi. But what does it mean? Yeah, I don't know. Good question. Um, and then, of course, it's a great beat watching them do karaoke. Hotel California throughout oh, yeah. the movie. That's a great, very, ending. very funny. Great capper. Yeah. Um, and but yeah. So then the final post credit scene um, is with his sister, who is now taking over the Ten Rings organization. Da 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 da. Yeah, that sets up a perfect sequel villain. That's great. I'm down. Yeah. It, she was great in the movie as like this like 
sort of morally gray character um, ultimately on it. But it's like kind of the same thing that they did with Dr. Strange is like with like Mordo. Um, yes. So I, I love it. I think it, it sets up the future in a great way. So can't wait to see what happens there. Um, but I think those are great post credit scenes. It, it like really feels like things are moving forward and I, I can't wait to see what's next. So fun. Um, yeah, man. So the start of phase four, here we are. Shang-Chi in theaters now. Go check it out. Um, if you have any other thoughts, anything we missed, please let us know. You can check out the podcast on our website, www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us, info at longlostheroes.net. You can check us out on social media at LLH Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am AJ. And I'm Frank. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.